Chapter Thirty Five of Jenny Gerhardt by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In the meantime, Jenny had been going through a moral crisis of her own. For the first time in her life, aside from the family attitude, which had afflicted her greatly, she realized what the world thought of her. She was bad. She knew that. She had yielded on two occasions to the force of circumstances which might have been fought out differently. If only she had had more courage. If she did not always have this haunting sense of fear. If she could only make up her mind to do the right thing. Lester would never marry her. Why should he? She loved him, but she could leave him, and it would be better for him. Probably her father would live with her if she went back to Cleveland. He would honor her for at least taking a decent stand. Yet the thought of leaving Lester was a terrible one to her. He had been so good. As for her father, she was not sure whether he would receive her or not. After the tragic visit of Louise, she began to think of saving a little money, laying it aside as best she could from her allowance. Lester was generous, and she had been able to send home regularly fifteen dollars a week to maintain the family, as much as they had lived on before, without any help from the outside. She spent twenty dollars to maintain the table, for Lester required the best of everything, fruits, meats, desserts, liquors, and what not. The rent was fifty-five dollars, with clothes and extras a varying sum. Lester gave her fifty dollars a week, but somehow it had all gone. She thought how she might economize, but this seemed wrong. Better go without taking anything, if she were going, was the thought that came to her. It was the only decent thing to do. She thought over this week after week, after the advent of Louise, trying to nerve herself to the point where she could speak or act. Lester was consistently generous and kind, but she felt at times that he himself might wish it. He was thoughtful, abstracted. Since the scene with Louise, it seemed to her that he had been a little different. If she could only say to him that she was not satisfied with the way she was living, and then leave. But he himself had plainly indicated after his discovery of Vesta that her feelings on that score could not matter so very much to him, since he thought the presence of the child would definitely interfere with his ever marrying her. It was her presence he wanted on another basis, and he was so forceful she could not argue with him very well. She decided if she went it would be best to write a letter and tell him why. Then maybe when he knew how she felt he would forgive her and think nothing more about it. The condition of the Gerhardt family was not improving. Since Jenny had left, Martha had married. After several years of teaching in the public schools of Cleveland, she had met a young architect, and they were united after a short engagement. Martha had always been a little ashamed of her family, and now, when this new life dawned, she was anxious to keep the connection as slight as possible. She barely notified the members of the family of the approaching marriage, Jenny not at all, and to the actual ceremony she invited only Bass and George, Gerhardt, Veronica, and William resented the slight. Gerhardt 
ventured upon no comment. He had had too many rebuffs. But Veronica was angry. She hoped that life would give her an opportunity to pay her sister off. William, of course, did not mind particularly. He was interested in the possibilities of becoming an electrical engineer, a career which one of his schoolteachers had pointed out to him as being attractive and promising. Jenny heard of Martha's marriage after it was all over, a note from Veronica giving her the main details. She was glad from one point of view, but realized that her brothers and sisters were drifting away from her. A little while after Martha's marriage, Veronica and William went to reside with George, a break which was brought about by the attitude of Gerhardt himself. Ever since his wife's death and the departure of the other children, he had been subject to moods of profound gloom, from which he was not easily aroused. Life, it seemed, was drawing to a close for him, although he was only sixty-five years of age. The earthly ambitions he had once cherished were gone forever. He saw Sebastian, Martha, and George out in the world practically ignoring him, contributing nothing at all to a home which should never have taken a dollar from Jenny. Veronica and William were restless. They objected to leaving school and going to work, apparently preferring to live on money which Gerhardt had long since concluded was not being come by honestly. He was now pretty well satisfied as to the true relations of Jenny and Lester. At first he had believed them to be married, but the way Lester had neglected Jenny for long periods, the humbleness with which she ran at his beck and call, her fear of telling him about Vesta, somehow it all pointed to the same thing. She had not been married at home. Gerhardt had never had sight of her marriage certificate. Since she was away, she might have been married, but he did not believe it. The real trouble was that Gerhardt had grown intensely morose and crotchety, and it was becoming impossible for young people to live with him. Veronica and William felt it. They resented the way in which he took charge of the expenditures after Martha left. He accused them of spending too much on clothes and amusements. He insisted that a smaller house should be taken, and he regularly sequestered a part of the money which Jenny sent, for what purpose they could hardly guess. As a matter of fact, Gerhardt was saving as much as possible in order to repay Jenny eventually. He thought it was sinful to go on in this way, and this was his one method, outside of his meager earnings, to redeem himself. If his other children had acted rightly by him, he felt that he would not now be left in his old age the recipient of charity from one who, despite her other good qualities, was certainly not leading a righteous life. So they quarreled. It ended one winter month when George agreed to receive his complaining brother and sister on condition that they should get something to do. Gerhardt was nonplussed for a moment, but invited them to take the furniture and go their way. His generosity shamed them for the moment. They even tentatively invited him to come and live with them, but this he would not do. He would ask the foreman of the mill he watched for the privilege of sleeping in some out-of-the-way garret. He was always liked and trusted, and this would save him a little money. 
So in a fit of pique he did this, and there was seen the spectacle of an old man watching through a dreary season of nights in a lonely, trafficless neighborhood while the city pursued its gaiety elsewhere. He had a wee small corner in the topmost loft of a warehouse away from the tear and grind of the factory proper. Here Gerhardt slept by day. In the afternoon he would take a little walk, strolling towards the business center or out along the banks of the Cuyahoga or the lake. As a rule, his hands were below his back, his brow bent in meditation. He would even talk to himself a little, an occasional by chops or so it is, being indicative of his dreary mood. At dusk he would return, taking his stand at the lonely gate which was his post of duty. His meals were secured at a nearby working man's boarding house, such as he felt he must have. The nature of the old German's reflections at this time were of a peculiarly subtle and somber character. What was this thing life? What did it all come to after the struggle and the worry and the grieving? Where does it all go? People die. You hear nothing more of them. His wife now, she had gone. Where had her spirit taken its flight? Yet he continued to hold some strongly dogmatic convictions. He believed there was a hell and that people who sinned would go there. How about Mrs. Gerhardt? How about Jenny? He believed that both had sinned woefully. He believed that the just would be rewarded in heaven. But who were the just? Mrs. Gerhardt had not had a bad heart. Jenny was the soul of generosity. Take his son Sebastian. Sebastian was a good boy, but he was cold and certainly indifferent to his father. Take Martha. She was ambitious, but obviously selfish. Somehow the children, outside of Jenny, seemed self-centered. Bass walked off when he got married and did nothing more for anybody. Martha insisted that she needed all she made to live on. George had contributed for a little while, but had finally refused to help out. Veronica and William had been content to live on Jenny's money so long as he would allow it, and yet they knew it was not right. His very existence was it not a commentary on the selfishness of his children? And he was getting so old, he shook his head. Mystery of mysteries. Life was truly strange and dark and uncertain. Still, he did not want to go and live with any of his children. Actually, they were not worthy of him, none but Jenny, and she was not good. So he grieved. This woeful condition of affairs was not made known to Jenny for some time. She had been sending her letters to Martha, but, on her leaving, Jenny had been writing directly to Gerhardt. After Veronica's departure, Gerhardt wrote to Jenny, saying that there was no need of sending any more money. Veronica and William were going to live with George. He himself had a good place in a factory and would live there a little while. He returned her a moderate sum that he had saved, $115, with the word that he would not need it. Jenny did not understand. But as the others did not write, she was not sure but what it might be all right. Her father was so determined. But by degrees, however, a sense of what it really must mean overtook her, a sense of something wrong, and she worried, 
hesitating between leaving Lester and going to see about her father, whether she left him or not. Would he come with her? Not here, certainly. If she were married, yes, possibly. If she were alone, probably. Yet, if she did not get some work which paid well, they would have a difficult time. It was the same old problem. What could she do? Nevertheless, she decided to act. If she could get five or six dollars a week, they could live. This hundred and fifteen dollars, which Gerhardt had saved, would tide them over the worst difficulties, perhaps. End of chapter 35